welcome to I Appreciate That, a show about a guy who is a robot and we don't really care if he finds love at the end. My name is Dr. Zach. I'm Dr. Wade. And, uh, oh, by the way, the, the examined life does appear to be more boring than, uh, than anything I've seen recently. I'd like to propose to you, Wade, that we change the name of this show, and we should have done this weeks ago at this point. To I appreciate that. Because they say that more frequently than they say I love that? Because Matt James is a fucking monster. I, I didn't... I, I forgot the exact interaction, but it was essentially like, you know, I really, really care about you. Oh, it was it was Abigail. She she was saying, you know, thank you for the, the time and, and, and learning and, and, and all the time we got to spend together. And, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for... Uh, getting to know you and for this opportunity and he goes <laughs> i appreciate that and i was like oh what appeared at, at, at the first uh, onset to be wow this guy is like level-headed and i like that he's kind of going out of his way to make people feel comfortable and get their their takes and their you know and their sides and really have a holistic honest look at love but when you say i appreciate that <clears throat> to everybody it loses its value yeah and and there's the two sides to this there's the oh he's saying the the right thing and uh making sure that they know he's listening but also saying I appreciate that to everyone is a step above saying noted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I heard so, I heard the thing you said. Are we done? That so like it's like it's like you buy a recliner, right? Oh man. That'd you be ex- sweet. So, well, quick side note. Um, I again, I, I have been watching a lot of The Sopranos, and half of these dudes live alone, and they have a recliner and a little dinner tray on the right, set up exactly in front of the television. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I think I need that. I need that. I think any single person living through quarantine times needs to get. We could probably class it up a bit too. Because you think of it, and oh you're like, that's, that's sad. Just eat dinner tray in front of the TV. Like, no, let's let's lean into it. Oh, yeah, no, look, I... I <laughs> like, seriously, I do, do any of us not watch television while eating dinner? We, like, sit around with our family and talk, and there's not even a TV on in the background? Let's be honest with ourselves. Do any of us without kids and a, and a, and a family, you know, unit like that really sit around the table and just josh over dinner you know no fuck you wait what the fuck i spent enough time talking to my friends you know what i mean (laughs) even like even when i had a girlfriend you know like it's nice to go to dinner and do that but if it's at home it's so much more enjoyable spending 40 minutes trying to decide the movie you're gonna watch and if you're me, and this this uh, I, I'm gonna this is going out to Katie, who I know is a huge fan of our podcast. Um, I will I would love to be your person. Number one, number two. Uh, if you decide to want to watch a ninety, pretty much any scary movie, um, over dinner, and you're not okay with me absolutely laughing and obliterating, for example, Scream. Um, we shouldn't just, we just shouldn't watch it. You know, we should just watch it separately because <laughs> that's how that's going to go. Scream is the most laughable, scary movie I've seen in a long time. And I think that's half the reason why scary movie, the movie became a thing. Um, how, what was I saying? I know I said I was going to take a quick note, a quick side <laughs> note here. I don't know. You start, you, you public address to katie about eating dinner dinner trays recliners yeah it was it was it was it was the dinner trays and recliners but it was right before that and that is why you come here to i love i appreciate that bachelor because you never Um, know where it's gonna go 
you just you just never never ever know and like matt is so hollow he's just so hollow and it's really weird to me and i love all of the memes that the beard that he has is essentially that he's you know it's like tell me you're single without telling me you're single and it's matt (laughs) laughing with a beard (laughs) wow that is probably exactly what uh what that says he's not gonna end up with anyone that's how that feels 100 percent. so let's let's get to the meat of it this was in fact the most unprecedented and wild season of the bachelor we have ever seen and the reason the reason you know that wade is because right at the very beginning when you see Chris Klansman Harrison walk out <laughs> in very giant bold letters it says this was previously recorded like a month ago <laughs> you think so 100% that was, that's why they that, put that on there that was my first I, question was what is Chris Harrison doing here i figured yeah i mean that's why they that, that's never been the case you know it's like previously recorded in front of a live studio audience, mm. but they've never given me the fucking date, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I get it. I get why you would do that. But in this, in the way that Matt James is hollow, ABC is hollow. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a, <laughs> This woman tell-all was just the most boring. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I don't know if we texted this while watching it, but I think the lack of an audience, for one, because I, mm. need, I need the common person there booing and cheering and reacting, and, you know, we're the ones going on this journey. When ABC gets to just kind of, in a, in a vacuum, you know, tell their version of the story, it's like, no, I need... I need input from the viewers because you guys are are not really on the level with what what is going on here. That's why you're such a problematic show that breaks literally every season. <laughs> yeah, man, and and like it, it's never become, it's never been more glaring. Rather that you can see how the questions are just like they go kind of around the horn to each thing for like five minutes. It feels very cold and, and, and calculated with the timing and everything. And the like, oh, we're in the presence of royalty, I see. You know, or how was that for you? Hard to watch, huh? Just Chris's you know, and, reactions in general. Like, uh, who the fuck was it? Cat- Not Catalina, shit. I already forgot some of their names. But the one who uh, was accused of being an escort where she was like... Oh, Brittany. Or maybe it was... Uh, you know, the one episode I don't pull up the, the roster is the one that I forget. Every, Serena P, where he's like, I can see you trying to compose yourself and hold back some kind of... Like, yes, no shit. Like, we don't need a narrator. She's trying not to cry. Like, there it is. <laughs> but it, and so I wonder... Prodding. <laughs> I wonder, is would that have been different if we'd seen photo pictures of the audience going, oh... Or cheering and championing that person that, like, don't be a yeah. victim. Like, you're, we we love you. Yeah, and so I really, really miss that. And that is, that's where I'm going to uh, align with Chris Harrison on this episode. Is I think we do miss Bachelor Nation in the audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty desperately. <laughs> you know, I, so prior to doing this podcast, Wade and I used to listen to... Um, Arden Marine's yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Will and you accept I, I this had, rose? Yeah, will you accept this rose? And since we started doing this podcast, I've stopped listening because I don't want to bastardize or steal any content from her. Yeah, same. But this specific season, I'm so curious what she has to say because of all of the extracurricular shit going on. Um, You know, and like what... Like, what I, I and I think since we're doing this episode, I think I'm going to listen to what she has to say about the women tell all, mm. you know, because I'm like I'm super curious because it, it was weird and it it felt hollow, like Matt James and ABC. I remember what I was gonna say. I just remembered it. So 
before I went on my on my rant about the Sopranos and Chairs and Katie being the one for me, um, ABC and Matt James are like looking at a recliner that you're going to that you're going to buy, right? It's a really heavy piece of furniture if you get like a lazy boy. Um, I know because I once transported an ancient Lazy Boy in a 1984 240 DL Volvo in the trunk. I just shoved it in the trunk. <laughs> and I just drove down a couple miles away. Um, <clears throat> but the, the feeling I get with this season is you, you bring this recliner home. Or, or it gets delivered. You're like, I love it. It looks great. I'm going to get it. The reviews are awesome. You you place it in front of the TV with your dinner tray. You know, you got the ashtray and the and the Marlboro Lights right here. Bottle, bottle of cheap whiskey just sitting there. And, and uh, you, you're ready to grab. You're ready to sit down, grab the remote and turn on the TV to, uh, I don't know, uh, sports or whatever the fuck it is. News. Who cares? And you sit down and the chair goes it like has that like plasticky feeling and and you go in and the chair like if you're sitting in the chair you know where your ass is is in the, in the crease with the the horizontal and the vertical point the horizontal and the vertical point fold in on you um in this chair because it's actually just a blow-up recliner <laughs> it doesn't even have any of the weight of an actual recliner it's literally filled up with uh, what was once hot air, and it doesn't even support you or feel good at all. Yeah, like and you you bring your own weight into it, but you in fact trap yourself because the structure just collapses. Yes, it's full of air. It's horrible. It just wasn't fun. Usually, the women tell all is fun. This wasn't fun. It was boring and hollow. Like Matt James this season of The Bachelor, ABC, and the recliner that I just brought up. Yeah, like I, honestly, within the first minute of it, I was like, "Do I even like this show?" And I, I, I had to pull myself back and say, "Yes, I, I think personally, it was the lack of a paradise." You know. Yeah, maybe it'd be like going to yeah. school without a summer vacation. You know, in the before times, it would just you'd be exhausted and it wouldn't be fun. You'd. you'd there was supposed to be a fun thing that kind of broke up, yeah. <laughs> broke up this, this stupid. You canceled three months but... of school. So I had to show up June to September. Um, the, the thing that I, I really bristled with was when Chris said, this is what it's all about. This is what you've, you've been waiting for. This is the payoff. The women tell all. And I thought, no, no, that's paradise. And I didn't get that last year. I've been home for 12 fucking months. It would have been nice to have 10 weeks of paradise in the middle of that. But that's not going to happen. But we are getting it this year, and so that's great. And I, I, I feel so bad for all of those great, great men that were on Tasha's season that are going to have to be there with most of these girls. Because <laughs> they're all old, and most of the girls this season are... I don't want to say they're immature. This is the most like, ho again, hollow drama I've ever seen in a Bachelor franchise. Yeah, I, th I think we just have to dive right in because part of me was like, I don't I, you know, I should enjoy watching these women tear each other down, but I don't. But that's I, I'm supposed to. So <laughs> I think I just, I, if I walk through it, maybe I'll discover what felt wrong about it. Yes, right before we get there, the biggest robbery um, of Paradise to come is Jordan Kimball selfishly got married, and I won't be able to see him get with Victoria. So what the fuck? I thought he was the mayor of Paradise Island. Like, <laughs> how are they even gonna function with what? that? Wasn't he? Remember, he was the mayor. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Anyway, please walk us through it, Wade. Uh, I mean, my God. Well, we, I mean, we had to like start with addressing Victoria, who that that's what I said in the first two minutes. I was like, oh God, I hate this season just because like she's the fucking worst. You, you watch Big Mouth? 
I watched all of it recently, actually. Okay, you know the the really like abrasive chick that is dating. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like yeah, just like why that. would you do that? Yes, Her? she's yeah. Victoria is like a Nick Kroll <laughs> character, just like insufferable in every way that like. I mean, that's her. It's just terrible. And and I don't know if, like, anytime they would cut to her while someone else was talking, she appears to just be radiating hatred and judgment and, like, I know you're not supposed to just... You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, she's never gonna change. Negotiating with her is exhausting. So what's the point? And, uh, you know, I, I'm not... I don't even know how to thread this needle, but, like, I wasn't remotely empathetic or upset when I heard that Rush Limbaugh died. Like, the world's a better place without him. <laughs> and, Same. And when I see someone toxic like Victoria, it's just like, what redeeming qualities do you have? And I don't think there are any. And it feels pointless and stupid to hate her. It's, it, it's like hating evil. Like, well, yeah, no shit. It, you know, like, who doesn't? And it's it's just like a kick in a dead horse thing. But just I don't know, man. She pisses me no, off. I, and it's not it's not because she's a woman. It's because she's just fucking because she's a sociopath. She's an awful person. No, I'm sorry. She is literally an awful person. <clears throat> yes. And dumb and I, selfish I, and <clears throat> not kind or friendly. And I know people are like, oh, she's a girl's girl. But like the worst impulses of like women in a group, you know, like the fact that there were so many girls this season who were like enabling her and laughing at her and like not saying like, yo, you're being a toxic bitch. Like, fuck, this even Chelsea, something. who I love at some point, said something about like, dude, what the calling, fuck was that? She, she was like calling out Katie for like being a whistleblower on shitty behavior. And it's like, OK, so what? You're you're OK with watching shitty behavior and just sitting there and saying nothing because like, hey, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Wait, wait, wait. It, okay. It, there's a reason why there's called uh, there's the Good Samaritan law. You know, you see someone getting fucking mugged, and you go and stop it, and it turns out that like you killed the guy. You get off because you were being a good Samaritan. Like calling out shitty behavior is good. That's a good thing. And for the record, Katie didn't even name any fucking names, dude. That's and true. and that th that's the whole thing. And then like I don't understand why people would pile on to Katie for no reason. And it it just comes off that it's childish, it's immature, and uh, it's it's sad to watch Victoria and some of these girls' behavior. And I don't know if this is indicative of Gen Z. Um, you know, millennials loved Mean Girls, right? And Gen Z is like, I want to like Mean Girls too because my millennials did it. <laughs> And it's as if some of these women watched Mean Girls and thought, yeah, that's good behavior. And naturally, you and I are not the authorities on what makes good and bad feminism. But I don't think that, yeah. like, giving, giving Victoria a pass for being terrible is good feminism. And certainly calling out Katie for bringing attention to toxic behavior it's like what did i what did i text to you like why is everyone turning on katie and i'm like oh they're being bad feminists by because they're still in like a cattle wife sex contest where they're trying to win for a man's approval and katie like championing you know decency is like that's distracting like why are you blowing the whistle well and most of them are like w obviously you had an ulterior motive doing that and katie's like no, this is just bad behavior. And so I wonder if that's part of it, of like, I think everyone who brought up Katie in that fashion is calling out Katie for playing a game when in actuality she just wasn't. So everyone that's calling her out is pissed because they weren't able to play the game they wanted to play the game, and they were just playing a game rather yeah. than there for the right reasons. Yeah, what is it that, like, everyone was going to use toxicity as a tactic to win the game and by Katie bringing attention to, like, hey, you know, a lot of people here are, like, what's what's a fucking good metaphor for this? Like, 
You know, You're talking to the wrong guy for metaphors. You know, a lot of the boxers have barbed wire around their gloves and a sack of quarters in their knuckles, and it's like, oh, well, shit, we were all planning on cheating, so fuck you for blowing our, our, our tactics. If you want to fight dragons, you must become a dragon. I'm going to give you a little hint here, Wade. Hmm. <clears throat> dragons that are the color of metal statistically are good dragons and dragons that are regular colors you know like primary colors and stuff those are generally the evil dragons i don't think talking about talking about regular colors on this season of the bachelor is <laughs> it's gonna bode well man where are you going with this um so yeah well you just remember that for some extracurriculars um my biggest beef with this entire fucking uh women tell all you know what hold on let's just say here's what happened we did the katie thing we did the uh, we did the katie and toxicity there was uh victoria then there was mj and jesenia then there was uh the anna and britney stuff and like we you know Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, Anna, as, you know, shitty as she is and whatever the consequences of her actions, I thought she was trying to give a genuine apology, you know, as genuine as she is capable Same. of giving. And then everybody just kept, like, interrupting to get their jabs in, like. And so it became this weird audition for Paradise. Yes. And through the ruse of, well, Chris is going to get through all of the hard hitting points of this season. And it just felt like, OK, well, we got to do that. And then, okay, now that we've done all the beef, let's get to the people who were sad. So we've got Serena P. We've got... Uh, Abigail. Abigail. Um, even, and even Katie got her little section. Yeah. Which was weird, because Katie's like clip show was literally the entirety of her scenes with Matt this season. Like, minus the Tyler prank date. Like, everything they showed oh, yeah. of her. Like, look at their love story. It's like, that's literally every cocktail conversation they had. Like, all three of them. Unless so, they edited gonna, out stuff. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I skipped every recap. I don't give a shit. I watched it. I watched it and then I talked about it. But but like Katie <laughs> didn't have, right? Like all of all of her time was being the whistleblower and talking with the girls. Like she had one or two nice cocktail conversations and then she went on her prank date and he sent her home. Like that was it. Even Abigail, same deal. Like both of those women tried so hard to like give themselves in cocktail conversations and try to, you know what I mean? I mean, we've discussed it. Like Matt doesn't give them a lot. He's more of just a reflecting board or a non porous object that shit just bounces off of. He is literally a black cube run by developers trying to go back in time to find when he was happy. And he thinks that if you input women and their conversations, he may get his daughter back. <laughs> exactly. And that that is a very weird reference. And if you watch devs, you'll get it. I'd also recommend watching devs. <laughs> um what a waste of fucking time this was. So you get all of that stuff, and then it's like um, okay, so let, uh, the, 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 and this is my biggest gripe with this episode, this women tell all is you get through the beef, you get through the sad parts um, of the relationships. We'll get to Matt and the girls later, but everything else that was filled in. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck ABC for not giving me any of those dates. You literally cut the pancake date. You cut the what's in the box date. You cut the egg date. They cut the Tasha and Jojo scene. What the shit? I saw that and I was like, Zach, did I forget? Were no, they, they, were they on this episode? No, they did a hot ones with Tasha and Jojo and, and Matt. Yes, that's that would have been right. awesome. Yeah. Why did they cut all of this shit? You know, and we were clued in on it. Remember, we were like, where was the date? Like, why did we just jump to the cocktail party? Yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, 
What purpose was that? Well, what what did that serve for me? To just jump to the cocktail dates, like, and so and so, with my detective hat on, I'm wearing it right now. You see, hmm. I think again that I think on our last episode I was talking about how potentially Rachel's the one that leaves, and it breaks Matt's heart, and that's why we spent more time than anything else. Hearing and seeing Matt say how much he loves her in so many words so that we can have this this sadness at the end. And I would I would trade that sadness for all of those really fun dates. What the fuck? What the fuck, dude? That looks fun. I want to watch that. I want to see those reactions. Yeah, you know, I, I'm curious about their editing decisions, and I think this is a point we keep coming back to that they, it's it, like Luke P in Hannah's season. It's like you wasted the whole season trying to shove this arc down my throat, and it was really unsatisfying and like not fun to watch or experience. And the way you handled it, ABC, you fucking cowards, was milk toast. You just sold me trashy, dramatic, like people being messy on TV, and didn't even properly analyze what i'm supposed to learn about this and it's like the same shit with yeah okay so rachel he likes rachel she's probably racist he probably ends up alone and i thought this was supposed to be like the most diverse fucking different abc like no like chris harrison said awful shit and your your black bachelor was actually like a weird robot republican and he still loses and like all these diverse women fucking ate each other alive and there wasn't, like, anything empowering about this. Like, fuck ABC, you know? Literally, dude, you know? And I, here's what they can do to redeem themselves. Give me Abigail as the bachelorette. And then just all paradise, all the time. No more bachelors or bachelorettes. Yeah. Just fan- sex island. Paradise like Love Island. Yeah. You can win this way. So, fun fact. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, when Hannah Brown, who has a boyfriend now. Oh, lame. Um, yeah, whatever. Right? <laughs> I'm not moving to wherever the hell she is. Uh, <laughs> um, before, at the Women Tell All with Hannah Brown, when she, was, uh, ba- when she was one of the Bachelorettes, before she became the Bachelorette, she was wearing a very low-cut, black dress abigail was wearing the spitting image of that exact same outfit ah. so um i'm i'm I, if i if i uh if i could bet a hundred dollars on abigail being the bachelorette i would that'd be nice that would be nice and i'm so happy that she got all those good messages it's so cute to me I like, I mean, obviously everyone's been an absolute scumbag. Rachel Lindsay canceled her goddamn, uh, she shut down her Instagram page because she's been getting so much, so much fucking hate, which is sad to me. And I don't know why people got to tear people down. Um, But then I go, well, that's kind of what The Bachelor is, unfortunately. Yeah. And then I think, but again, I had the most fun watching Tasha and Zach fall in love. And I, that's what I want from The Bachelor. I don't want this tearing each other down kind of thing, you know. And the guys compared season to season, like the guys on Tasha's season, I didn't, I don't remember there being like dramas or rivalries. Like everyone was real, real chill. They built, they were bros and they built each other up the whole time until fantasy sweet week mm. and it's not like they tore each other down they were just like crying and they're like this feels weird now yeah everyone got <laughs> self-conscious it, yeah it was so sweet man and like that's that's what i'm here for like if i want to watch trashy people do trashy things i will get back on vanderpump rules <laughs> which is excellent it's like a drug that show um Bring, bringing it back to abigail though yeah Back to Abigail. I think if we get Abigail as the Bachelorette, I think we're going to have some wholesomeness. And I really want that for her. Yeah. I really, really do. That's Nothing would make me happier. You know? 
That woman deserves love. And I want to watch it. <laughs> no, uh. <laughs> no, same, same. I would love that. And, uh, and yeah, like coming back to the social media thing that you're talking about, that she got the positive comments. That's, that's great. And, uh, I know that other people don't get that. And the show has tried to address that on a couple occasions, but they only seem to do it in the context of, oh, it's toxic fandom versus ABC's The Bachelor franchise. And like, that's when bullying is a problem, when people are bullying our brand. But never mind people mm. like Victoria. They would never call out contestants for bullying yeah. one another. They would never like properly chastise someone. What the fuck? They did it with, uh, I guess, in uh, Claire's ab abridged season, they did it with that guy who like oh uh, Yosef Yosef yeah yeah they they fucking like sat him down and were like you are... men like that yes and yet the <laughs> show is like full of that kind of shit maybe it's because he turned on the Bachelorette and that again bullying is directed at the brand the choice Claire is the Bachelorette whereas Ooh, like the ac yeah. actual bullying amongst contestants is like well that's just trashy drama that's good TV we got to show women clawing each other's eyes out like this but no one no one would sit victoria in the hot seat and say like yo lady your behavior is problematic if this is your best you gotta change like you gotta do better because like everything like you are toxic like don't fucking say like i'm not toxic you're bullying me like you're a bully you're toxic you're awful you're the fucking worst like you gotta try harder or you will continue to be disappointed in the results of your behavior because you're you're just the fucking worst. But they won't do that because they don't have any morality or balls. They're about their bottom line. She's like, yeah. res respect the brand, respect the people that we chose to be the Bachelor and Bachelorette. And if we yeah. and if we picked like Klansmen to be on our show, then uh, you got to respect that too, you know? Because we tweeted, we tweet, hey, hey, we, we, tweet? we stand with everybody who who watches our show and the advertisers who pay for our show. Like we're we're on your side, right? I know Garrett's a racist. I know Rachel went to the antebellum party, like, but we tweeted that we're sorry and you need to keep watching our ads. <clears throat> to add a very relevant um, comparison, metaphor, if you will. I'm bad at them, but here we go. Uh, ABC is someone who will tweet, we stand with Black Lives Matter. And then the second tweet will be, Unless um, filthy, dirty, poor rioters uh, break into multi-billion dollar companies like Target. You know, they're yeah. not rioters. And also, they, and also Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, if there are any cops watching, uh, blue, blue, blue Lives Matter. All Lives Matter, says Law, ABC. Law and Order, Trump 2024. Kung Kung. Um... So, <clears throat> I have uh, I have two very important things I would like to discuss with you. Oh, oh, hold on. Again, I keep doing this. The bloopers are garbage. I think the donkey running away while shitting is like... That was fun. That is apt. That's, yeah. that's the show. <laughs> and I don't know who the donkey is. <laughs> It's specifically, dude, because they had to blur out the donkey shitting. I've seen the Rose Parade. Yeah. That scene, just that blooper specifically really spoke to me. It made a lot of sense. <laughs> Absolutely. So my two things are, <clears throat> I was talking to my, my mom earlier today, and uh, I forget what it was we were specifically talking about. And I said, well, it's probably just because God wants it that way. And then I told my mom that my new thing, um, I'm just going to start blaming everything on God. It's so much easier than critically thinking. <laughs> it just is. It's just so much easier to be like, oh, well, why didn't I get into that school? Well, God didn't want me in that school. I love it. I, and but to, Go ahead. But to who? To what end? Huh? To my own nefarious <laughs> means. You know what I mean? Like if <laughs> To you, my end. But, like, if you don't, you know, 
it, it's not like you uh, you pay off God weekly or you know give him your ear. So like, what what good is blaming him? Is this just to get grandma up your back, <laughs> or to to use well, it against people who would attribute success or failure to God? No, it, it's just to make things easier. That's it. All right. Good. You know, good luck. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not even like religious. I just love Judaism because <laughs> Jews, you know. But, it, 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 but but Judaism's a little bit different. Like I don't like believe in God. Um, but I love Ashkenazi food. Oh my god! And this, my friend, is the segue to my next big point. Um, and this is huge. We yeah, see. it is. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to make bagels, bro. Make them. Yeah. Get out of town. How? How? Well, I've got a I've got I've got I've got a recipe. Um, the New York Times has never led me wrong. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is uh, I, I ordered some stuff on Amazon. I went to three different stores today looking for this specific ingredient. And uh, I couldn't find it. And so I was, at, I was at the Whole Foods and the Internet said Whole Foods had uh, barley malt syrup. OK. And apparently barley malt syrup is a, a critical ingredient to bagels. So I get there and I ask around after I spend 15 minutes looking at the obscene amount of different types of syrups Whole Foods has. And uh, so I asked somebody. And he couldn't find it. And he goes, hold on, let's go ask the expert. And he brings me, this is probably like a 22-year-old kid. And I go over, and there's some guy who looks like my uncle. So he's really like some 50-year-old guy who's like the purchaser. You know, I, I don't know. He seems to be, you know, king shit of this Whole Foods. And I showed him what it was. And he was like, what the fuck? Why don't we have this? And then he looked at the skew and all of this, and he's like, I could have sworn we had this. And he, it became a whole thing, and I, I, I commend this man for going out of his way to help me find this. And it turns out that the, the only Whole Foods that have barley malt syrup in stock are East Coast Whole Foods. And then I started laughing, and I was like, how funny is that, dude? I was like, this is like a critical ingredient for bagels. You can't get a goddamn good bagel on the West Coast. So it's unsurprising to me that you wouldn't even have it in fucking stock out here. Because you just can't get the same kind of banging deli food you can on the East Coast here in California. And, uh, and that's bullshit. So I sold it on molasses, which is... Uh, a similar product so these bagels may be subpar but if my bread flour comes in in the next few hours i will be making a bagel and i did order barley malt syrup on amazon and i'll be getting it in a week or so and i i can't wait this is huge for me because something i've realized in the last few days is i have the biggest heart on for carbs that are in Jewish, Ashkenazi-specific Jewish meals. For example, I, I had this thought. And uh, <clears throat> have you ever had a bagel sandwich, a breakfast bagel sandwich? Sure. Um, you know, you like egg, bacon, cheese, you know, maybe oh, throw yeah. a fucking uh, a hash brown in there. Which is nuts. And I was telling them, you know, and uh, my mom was like, oh, fuck, that sounds delicious. And I said, I know, right? So my thought is, is what if the replacement for the hash brown is you take, uh, you make a matzo ball, but you make it like a matzo rectangle, and then you slice it, and you uh, maybe dip it in egg, you know, or like flour or something, and then you fry the slab of matzo, mm. and you put that in there in place of the hash brown. It has that sort of chickeny flavor, you know, a little bit, and then you can make a you can make a uh, egg, bacon, cheese, fried matzo ball instead of hash brown sandwich, or you make a more savory one, which is like shredded chicken, cheese, and this matzo ball, fried matzo ball in there. And when I was thinking about these concoctions, 
I had two thoughts. One, I have a fucking hard on for these kinds of carbs. Um, I, I don't know what it is, and I want to make a bagel. And secondly, I think I have finally found my 30-minute MasterChef meal for when I go get on MasterChef. Oh, your super bagel sandwich? I think so. Because the matzo ball is different, bro. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to go with latkes replacing the hash browns. That seems like more... Like Ooh, more of a, is a more good of a direct thread. And then maybe you do a yeah. spin on the matzo ball soup as a side to it. I don't want to tell you what to do. This this is all. No, that's good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, my plan D, E, or F, whatever, wherever this fits, is I'm going to start a uh, bagel truck and sell these foods. That's actually a great um, idea because, as you pointed out, harder to get the good shit on the West Coast, but you have to you have to like go somewhere for it. So I think if they're like a bagel truck is the way to go because then you can bring it, bring it to the people. Like you don't have to live in like, I don't know, a neighborhood with a like demand for good delis to actually access good deli food or good bagel or whatever. Like, exactly, dude. Exactly, dude. And so what I'm thinking is is um. A, I think it would be a lot of fun. B, I think the extra sell is uh, have an espresso machine in there mm-hmm. and make espresso with it. Yeah. Um, but also, like, and something I, I've been dying to ask you, and I waited until this podcast, was how do we do a Reuben bagel sandwich? Oh my god, you I missed. Me, dude? Yeah. It, you know, like a rye bread's good, but what if you had like a rye everything bagel? Yeah. You know, and so there are all of these fun options with these bagel sandwiches, dude. Um, and th- th- that no one's doing. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I wish we were so big that someone would steal this idea from me. They're not going to. No. <laughs> no one listens to this podcast is going to steal. No, this no idea. one with the will <laughs> to run. No, because I uh, when I was staying with the in-laws over the holidays, like I started having bagels all the time again, and it also got oh, me really? thinking that yeah, yeah, and I now that's my new breakfast instead of eggs, it's bagels. I love, uh, dude. Yeah, I've been having, I've been eating bagels. Um, I've also been riding my bike more to combat. The bagels, <laughs> but it's it's but, now on my mind again that uh you know oh right bagel sandwiches these are things that just weren't on the radar for the last ten years because like carbs or you know whatever. But damn, they're good. There's a there's a, there's a single competition here in Los Angeles. It's the Yeasty Boys, and I mean they do some like you know lox and schmear bagels. They do the traditional egg and whatever. Um, sandwiches, but I'm thinking if I infuse these sandwiches with maybe a more, maybe you have more Ashkenazi ones with the matzo ball or laka kind of thing, or you know the savory one with the chicken and the matzo ball and all of that, or um, you start doing like a, a Mediterranean bagel, hummus, falafel, you know. That kind of thing, like a Euro bagel, you know, and like, what what would be good with a Euro bagel? And it's like, well, I guess maybe an onion bagel or just a plain poppy. You know, you know what I mean? Like there are there are all of these options here. And I and no one's doing it. Yeah. And, and for your truck sake, I think incorporating sandwiches give you know, making a, a lunch as well. So it's not just like, oh, here's like your bagel with your breakfast and your espresso or whatever. And now you can get lunch. Exactly. You like get like the Reuben or the Mediterranean. A tuna melt. Yeah. A tuna melt on a bagel. You know, so anyway, so if my bread flour comes, I'll make my first bagels today. Um, That's awesome. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> this completely deserves to be explored. And if you have any suggestions... For types of bagel sandwiches you think that we should make, you can uh, email us here at I love that bachelor at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, women tell all sucked. Yes. But the fucking I, I'm I, he's got to lose, right? Like the the, he has the, to the, lose. the next week he on has to lose. I I want to ask you like what what is the point of bringing his estranged father on the day before he's supposed to get engaged to someone? 
That was a cool surprise for me. I was like, oh, sick. That's probably actually going to be good drama. Yeah, it's a good twist, but like, fuck ABC. That's that's harsh. Yeah, it's kind of cruel. <laughs> like part of me was like that broke him. He lo- he lost and then he went and grew a beard and was like trying to t- like you're giving him like a huge psychological spoonful to deal with when he's already got more than enough on his mind and is barely handling it. Yep. <laughs> it's just so fucked up. Yeah, I think that's what they were going for here. Yeah. Unfortunately. Like they kind of um, saw the saw where the season was going and they're like, let's get weird with it. Let's rattle yeah. it, rattle it up. Let's rattle him. That'll be good. Yeah. Um anyway, that's all I got. No, likewise. Any uh Oh, in, yeah, in- one final thing. One final thing. I have an all-time question for you. You got one person to choose, and and you have to spend the rest of your life with them, and the choice is between Paul Rudd or Mark Ruffalo. I got to spend the rest of my life with one of these guys? Yeah. This is a really good question. I know. These two specifically, I'm like, this is a brilliant question. I know my answer. All right. Well, I'm going to take a huge sidestep to break this down a little for you i was uh, talking with my wife about mark ruffalo and the merits of mark no ruffalo yeah yeah and she she agrees you know he's not conventionally attractive and you know he's getting into like dad silver fox professor territory but i was like you know what the thing is with him is that he's always played characters who seem to have humanity and humility like, you're never going to see Mark Ruffalo playing the hot shot who knows it all and does morally questionable things. And I think that reflection in media makes me feel like he's probably a more nurturing, trustworthy guy. Whereas, like, Paul Rudd has on a... You know, he usually plays a decent person, but occasionally morally questionable or a little, uh, I don't know, too, like, you know, snappy or witty or maybe sarcastic. Fine actors, both of them. And this is a great question. And it's a difficult question. <laughs> but I think, so uh, I think Mark Ruffalo would make me feel accepted. More so, that, like, I'd be insecure being with Paul Rudd because he would probably, you know, I, eventually I would start looking older than him and he would always be, like, much funnier than me. Mark, yeah, Mark Ruffalo is a little more my speed if I had to go. Okay, this, please, please, and please this, explain this at so length <laughs> why why your choice. I have to know. I have you have to ask Shannon this. Um, by the way, I will. I have to know. Um, <clears throat> for me, I love Mark Ruffalo. I do. I think he's great, and I love exactly what you said. He has this humanity and humility about him in every role that he does. He's also really big on caring about the environment. And he's so earnest and he's honest and I appreciate that. However, Paul Rudd, on the other hand, I just want to squeeze him, you know, I just want to like be like, look, grandma, it's Paul Rudd, you know, you know, and like he he has this quality to me that if you stripped out all of the uh neuroses of Larry David but kept the funny you would get Paul Rudd Paul Rudd's a sweet man he's a sweet guy and he's really funny and I think he would be a lot of fun to just be around um and I and with him I don't think I even have to be the funniest I think that I think I'm more interested in like I feel like I would have a better time eating food with Paul Rudd than I would Mark Ruffalo. You know? and uh, or, or like riding bikes with Paul Rudd. I feel like it will be more fun than riding bikes with Mark Ruffalo. And that was essentially, by the way, the final distillation that I had to do. I was like, who would be more fun to ride bikes with on the beach? You know? Cause I got my, I have a bike and I, I really enjoy riding a bike. Yeah. And I was like, it would probably be Paul Rudd. We could just talk shit about people while we were riding bikes on the, on Venice beach, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, for what it's worth, Paul Rudd's a Jew. So. Sure. I love how we distill both of them. Like Paul Rudd's like the fun bad boy. 
Mark Ruffalo's <laughs> like the nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both nerds, but yeah, no, to, uh, like uh, on the on the uh, onset there, that's the that that is essentially the distillation. <laughs> yeah. And it couldn't illustrate better why you and I are very different, which is why we bring such a hard hitting and broad analytical approach to I Love That a Bachelor podcast. That's right. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm Zach. I'm Wade. And uh, this has been I Appreciate That. Yeah. Bachelor. We're, we're going to keep showing up till the season's over. <laughs> oh, one final thing, actually. Please. I don't know if you noticed, Chris Harrison said, and the finale on March 15th. And then I was like, March 15th? What, I got to fucking wait a week between these two episodes? And then it switched to next week on The Bachelor. So he flubbed the shit out of that. Hmm. That's it. Okay. We'll see. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Thanks.